Welcome to the New York Bankies podcast, talking Yankees with ATM Sports Bank. ALDS action, here we come. Wow, that series in Cleveland was fun. It was scary, but a whole lot of fun. Once again, my name is Adam Taylor McKillop, and you are listening to Week 8, the playoff edition of the New York Bankies podcast with ATM Sports Bank. There is only one way to start this show. Are you ready, guys? A whew, a huge sigh of relief. I don't know about you guys, but I was so nervous last Wednesday. I'm recording this episode. It is Monday, October 5th, but I am still feeling my nerves from Game 2 of the Wild Card Series in Cleveland. I know that the Yankees did everything they could to get out to that vital 1-0 lead, But man, Game 2, I was a flat-out mess. Goes to show you the jitters that come with a best-of-three series. Anything could have happened. Luckily, the Yankees went up 2-0. They move on. ALDS, here we come. Playoff baseball. On to the next one. And guess what, guys? It is officially October now on the calendar. So we're in October symbolically, but also literally we have the ALDS, ALDS action there in San Diego against the number one seed Tampa Bay Rays, the class of the AL this year. It's going to be an awesome series. We'll recap Cleveland, then we'll go a little preview next round. Let's do this. Time for some segments. Get out your checkbooks, Yankees fans. Postseason baseball. What can I say? But on to the next one. The Yankees looked really strong in two games in Cleveland. They showed hitting, resiliency, power hitting, some pitching. We had a little taste of everything. It was dramatic. But next up on the road to 28 is Tampa Bay. We will recap Cleveland, write some checks for that. But here's who and what we are writing money checks for from this past week of Yankees playoff baseball. And that first check that I'm writing goes out to Garrett Cole and Gio Urshela. All right, guys, Garrett Cole. Do I need to say more? Probably not, but let's talk about the $324 million man. Worth every penny. Every single one. All right, let's set the stage again real quickly. The Yankees up and down season. It ended on a bad note, and they're heading to Cleveland for that 4-5 matchup, best of three. It's a scary series, and they were considered underdogs. So first up, Shane Bieber, who's probably going to win the AL Cy Young this year. But we paid this man Garrett Cole for a reason. We tried this with James Paxton. It didn't quite have the same result. No disrespect to you, James Paxton. But we needed an ace. Again, we have Tanaka, Severino, Paxton. No disrespect to these guys, but we needed an ace. Garrett Cole, that is the ace. That is one of the best pitchers in baseball. Oh, and he is a playoff gamer. So what does he do? He was phenomenal. Seven easy innings pitched. Six hits, only two runs, thanks to that Josh Naylor fella. And he struck out 13. Boom, roasted. I did not expect Shane Bieber, who's going to win the AL Cy Young, to implode. So shout out to the Yankees offense. But this man, Garrett Cole, is worth every damn penny we paid him. Tuesday night, last Tuesday, was the proof. This man is a gamer and a true ace. Give him the ball when it counts most. Give him the ball. Game one, playoff series. And that's exactly what this rotation needed. 
Phenomenal job, Garrett Cole. And yeah, there are several heroes that I'm going to highlight from that wildcard series, but these two needed a shout out. Gio Urshela, you had to do it against your old team, huh? Didn't you, Gio? As we all know, Gio grew up in the Cleveland farm system before a short stint with Toronto, and then the New York Yankees uncovered this diamond in the rough. His best friend is Francisco Lindor, too. But Gio shined against Cleveland. Let's point out his top three moments. Oh, and by the way, they all are coming from that heart-wrenching Game 2 victory. So I know, we had the series lead, but nobody wanted any part of that winner-take-all on Thursday. So thank goodness for Gio Urshela to really boost them to that win on Wednesday. The 2-0 sweep moving on. But anyways, Game 2, we're down 4-1, and we head to the fourth inning. I am a wreck at this point, guys, by the way. A wreck. Hicks triple on this misplayed ball. Two walks and Giorgella time. He just flipped the bat and boom, smashes it 432 feet. Boom lead, boom momentum, boom Geo magic. But this game got interesting, didn't it? Cleveland had so much fight. A lot of credit for that game. A lot of credit to that club for game two. We head to the eighth inning now. Chapman gets in a tough spot and the lead is given up. But there's still runners on first and second and only one out. And another run, honestly, and they're down one at this point. That game's over, and we're moving on to the game three. Best winner take all. So what does Geo and Chapman combine to do? One of the best double plays, one of, honestly, the best plays in general, the whole damn year. I mean, he laid out, and he made it look easy. Boom. Let's go to the third moment. So you're only down one, and to the ninth inning we go against the closer, Brad Hand, who was 16 for 16 this year. Now, for the last moment of Gio's magical night, the leadoff walk, Gio gets down two strikes, and what does he do? Flips the bat, another contact swing, and he drills a single through the infield. Oh, and by the way, that set up the inning. I know Stanton had the walk, but that continued the setting up of the inning where the Yankees scored two runs, and that was just some good old great two-strike hitting. It was a thing of beauty. Gio Urshela, cool, confident, coming up clutch. Hats off to Geo and Garrett, the G-Money team, the checks, the first checks from the wildcard series. Let's go. And that second check that I'm writing goes out to the keys to the wildcard wins. We got a bunch of names here. Glaver Torres, Aaron Judge, DJ LeMahieu, Gary Sanchez, Aroidas Chapman, and the Yankees' resiliency. It was all on point in game two to finish out that wildcard series win. All right, so we know who the stars were, Gio and Garrett, the G-Money team. But let's give out some more love to the Yankees who helped that sweep over the Indians. And what a sweep it was. First up, Aaron Judge. Base hit off the AL Cy Young by DJ LeMahieu. And then Aaron just drills a monster home run opposite field. He was a little quiet the rest of the series, but I've heard Yankees experts talk about this team and how they rally around him. When Aaron Judge hits, it takes the pressure off everyone. There's hooting and hollering in the dugout. This home run set the table. The Yankees offense exploded game one, and we all know what happened. That was a big win. Next up, Glaver Torres. Game one, a cool four for four, three RBIs and a walk. Ooh, Glaber, baby. Game two, he was one for three, but he had two walks. He was notching infield hits all over the place, and he, guess what? He kept the rally going. Another great two-strike hitting. Um last Wednesday in the ninth, and he was just doing his thing. Thank you, Glaber. Also, DJ LeMahieu, 
two for five with a ribby in game one. Game two, he was quiet. Entering the ninth, he was 0 for 4, but they call him the machine for a reason he was due, and a C-nice single through the middle, and boom, Yankees lead, Yankees go on to win game two. But this brings me to my biggest shout-out, one of the biggest shout-outs, Gary Sanchez. He got his home run in this series, but he also comes out up with one out and bases loaded in the ninth. Game was still the Indians up by one, and he does a job. Contact, fly ball, sack fly, RBI, that is good, fundamental, timely hitting from the guy that you're expecting to strike out. Hats off, Gary. But perhaps, Game 2. Let's give out an MVP MVP of Game 2. That goes out to the closer, Chapman. This man gets put in the game in the 8th, no outs, and handed a mess. What does he do? He does, he does give up some BS bloop that scores a run, but then a strikeout and is saved by a beautiful double play thanks to Geo. And then he strikes out three and saves the game the next inning. Chappie, job well done. They only like to throw you one inning, but you went out and did work. Playoff, playoff form for Alroytus Chapman. Those are the heroes from the wildcard series. We wouldn't be talking Rays without them, but yes, the Rays are coming, people. All right, that third check. Let's talk about how the Yankees are going to beat the Tampa Bay Rays in the ALDS. So before we get into the Rays, let's talk a little bit about the narrative of the 2020 Yankees. There was so much doubt against this team heading into October, and I, myself, am guilty. I am guilty of that. But the Because the Yankees either looked like they were the greatest team or the worst team in the MLB this season. They had a very much a Jekyll and Hyde thing going on, and the, and the mess with the home road splits, I don't know. It was tough. I had a lot of doubt. But they seemed, in this ALDS, to have flipped a switch. The offense was outstanding. Game 1, Garrett Cole, awesome pitching too. Game 2, it, it wasn't easy, but they won a game with resiliency. They never laid down. And I'm wondering, guys, with the craziness of this 2020 season, you're expected to get into the World Series off the bat. There's an expanded postseason. You know you're getting in pretty much no matter what you do. I wonder, did this team have trouble flipping that switch truly in the regular season? I know there were injuries, but even at the end when they were healthy, I think these guys knew that they were in. They knew where they were going to get in no matter what. And they know that they can beat anyone. So they were in that mindset, that October mindset already all year long. But damn, I think the flip is switched. I think, I hope, I pray. Because these guys looked really good in Cleveland. Like I said, the resiliency, the blowout win, never give up. Next man up. The bats are going to win this thing. It felt good. It felt right. But yeah, some other things that I noticed, MLB.com article from Anthony Castrovince. I think I'm saying that right. But he pointed out to the Yankees being savages in the box. And I mean how well that plays in the postseason. What did he meant? That the Yankees are professional hitters. They work counts. They get to the next man up if necessary. In the regular season, they had the Major League Baseball's lowest chase rate, 23%, and the second lowest swing percentage overall, 43%, and the highest walk rate, 11%. So basically, you're not when you're pitching against the New York Yankees, this professional lineup, you're not going to beat this lineup throwing things out of the strike zone. You're going to have to come in and beat them, or they'll take the walk and they'll hand it off to the next man. And this is a lineup that from when they're healthy from top to bottom is scary they can hit home runs they can drive runners in and 
He also talked about the narrative changing, the up and down offense, but the offense looked right in Cleveland. Their obliterations of baseball in Cleveland silences this storyline. Against the Indians team with the best the best staff in the AL. They scored 20 plus runs in their first two postseason games. Per ESPN research, only three teams have done that. All of them reached the World Series. All of them. So yeah, how are they gonna be how are the Yankees gonna beat the Tampa Bay Rays? For one, it's not in Tampa Bay. Neutral site, game on Rays. And I know they were two and two and eight against the Rays including some games at Yankee Stadium, but October is a different animal, people, and you don't think that adds up to a chip in their shoulder? The X Factor, the offense, the pitching staff, excluding Garrett Cole, was average this year. But with such a good offense a true, you know, and a true MLB ace, you'll take that. The Yankees' offense against the Rays this year. Dismal. They hit 218. They scored only 3.4 runs per game. But the Abats appear to have woken. Another big part of this... I think the Yankees do better when they're able to zero in on a team. I mean, I'm talking preparation, video, knowledge of a pitcher, what to expect, uh, trends, whatever have you. Look what they did to the AL Cy Young, Shane Bieber. They clobbered him. They had a few days to watch his video. You take that group mindset to the plate, plan of attack, and what do these professional hitters do? They execute. Anyways, game one tonight against the Rays, Garrett Cole setting the table if the Yankees are going to win games in the series, you have to bet. If you're a betting man, shout out Andrew Barrett. If you're a betting man, you bet on Garrett Cole in the playoffs. He's going to get a job done. He's a playoff beast. Updated postseason stats, 2-6-0 ERA, and striking out more than 11 hitters per nine innings. The offense will show up. I feel confident. I feel good. Let's go, Yankees. Let's get this win tonight, and then let's get this series win against Tampa Bay down in San Diego. Let's go. And those are the checks that I'm writing. Got another quote for you guys. This comes from Bob Lemon. He's a hall, He was a Hall of Fame pitcher, played for the Indians. He also took over as the manager of the Yankees from Billy Martin in 1978 and won a World Series managing the Yankees. But anyways, the quote, I've come to the conclusion that the two most important things in life are good friends and a good bullpen. Amen, Bob. Amen. Next up, let's go over three stocks that I'm selling. Here are the bad moments from last week from that wild card series. I'm not going to have many of these because I'm staying positive. But hey, we didn't lose a game. And we're moving on. Sigh of relief, guys. Whew. Sigh of relief. All right, that first stock that I'm selling goes to the bullpen without Tommy Canely and with Adam Adovino losing trust. So let me clarify, guys. I'm not selling stock on the Yankees' bullpen as a whole. I'm selling it on the bullpen because there's no Tommy Canely, and apparently we don't trust Adam Adovino anymore. The Yankees' bullpen in Cleveland was not bad. It was not bad, especially Britton, Chapman. I'll even throw Sessa in there. But I guess that really only leaves one name, and I feel bad singling him out, but Jonathan Lozigua struggled. He only, he only got clipped with one earned run, but he didn't do his job out of the pen. But the real reason that this is a stock to sell is the makeup of the bullpen. And why is the Yankees' bullpen makeup different this year? Again, an injured Tommy Canely. And then we didn't see Adam Adovino in the wildcard series. Broadcasters on ESPN, Matt Baskersian and A-Rod, speculated that maybe the Yankees have lost a little bit of trust 
in Ottavino, and I can't blame them. In 24 games, he's pitched to a 5.89 ERA. Oof, that's bad, guys. He's supposed to be a very, very good arm out of the bullpen. And the result, it it leaves a gaping hole in the Yankees' bullpen. But let's talk about it. Chad Green, he's a beast. He's your Swiss Army knife out of the pen. The starters get in trouble in the fourth or fifth inning. He comes in and gets you out of the jam. He'll even give you another inning after that. But then you're sitting in the seventh inning. The eighth inning belongs to Zach Britton, the ninth to Chapman. So what do you do in the seventh? Usually this was Keenley's or Adovino's role. But we don't trust Adovino and Keenley's hurt. That seventh inning is just as important as the eighth and the ninth. Heck, it's even just as important as getting out of that jam that you were in earlier. Part of the DNA of the Yankees the past few seasons is this stellar bullpen. But without trust in a seventh inning man, that's a tough spot, guys. A tough spot. I mean, I talked about this during the games when I was watching them. It's sort of crazy on a postseason roster that you have guys like Sessa and Osagua that are, they're even on the roster. Don't get me wrong. These guys have solid stuff and they're important in any bullpen, but they're wildly inconsistent. And a postseason game, in hell, in an elimination game, you have to do everything in your power to not have these guys needed in a spot where you need outs, the game's tied, I don't care what the situation is. But I'm sorry, as a fan, if it is the eighth inning, if it's the seventh inning, the game's tied, or it's a close game, I don't want either of those guys coming in. I mean, as a fan, I'm sorry. I just don't trust them to get outs at that point. And I know, I know the retort is that the starters should just pitch deeper into games, but let's be real, this is the postseason and it doesn't work that way. The stock is sold because it appears like the Yankees have a hole in their bullpen. And I know the mantra, next man up, and the guys need to do this. So I'm looking at this bullpen, take Montgomery and Garcia out, they're starters, here's the pecking order. Chapman, Britton, Green... But then you're asking questions. It should be Adovino, but damn, he's been shaky this year. I guess I'd go I'd go after Green, I'd go Holder, then Sessa, then Lazagua, and Nick Nelson. But I'm sorry, some of these guys, they haven't even proven anything. But let's try to put a positive spin on this real quick. Any way you look at it, these guys are going to have to pitch in spots that matter. It's just going to happen. So the postseason offers a great opportunity for these guys to make a name for yourself. And some of them will. I trust that. That's what the postseason's about. The the deep bench guy, the eighth arm in the bullpen, coming in in a big spot and making it happen. I trust these guys. Let's boost some confidence. Let's go. And that second stock that I'm selling goes out to the Cleveland Indians management of that rain delay on Wednesday night. It was terrible. They handled it terribly. If I'm, I know it. I know it didn't matter for the Yankees; they won. But if I'm Tanaka, I'm pissed. You mess with this guy's dominant postseason ERA. The Indian starter Carlos Carrasco, I'm pissed too because it messed with him. Both starting pitchers got screwed. Listen, guys, we know that starting pitchers in the MLB are creatures of habit. They love routine. So game two, it's initially delayed about 45 minutes. That's okay. They had plenty of notice. The starters just started their routine. 45 minutes later but then they pull the tarp off and we get going 
So first inning, Carrasco cruises in the first. Tanaka comes out, faces a couple batters, but boom, they got the damn forecast wrong, people. And midway through the first, it started to rain. Boom, 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 a lot of rain. Field gets messy, and they take the players off, and they have to fix the mound. They have to fix the home plate box for another 30 or 45 minutes. So let's get this straight. You don't think two of the top-line top starters, Tanaka and Carrasco, they got both of them really looked bad in that game. You don't think the rain, this messing with their routine, had anything to do with it? You better believe it did. Just absolutely poor management of that rain delay. It, both starting pitchers got screwed and ended up with a stressful back-and-forth offensive-loaded, offensive-heavy playoff game. If you like those types of games, this game was for you. But I'm thinking if that second delay didn't happen, we were going to see a low-scoring pitching contest. But anyways, all is right in the world. The Yankees won. Guess what? No third stock again this week. My dad, he told me to be optimistic, so I'm trying it. It's been a great week. I've been living on a high since the Yankees moved on to the ALDS. It's Monday. The ALDS starts tonight. We have Garrett Cole. We have the Tampa Bay Rays. It is it is everything you want. I can't wait. I'm going to be a nervous Nelly again. But let's go, Yankees. Road to 28, baby. We bought stock. We sold stock. We wrote checks. We cashed them in. And most importantly, we talked about the New York Yankees. Thanks for tuning in, folks, and I will see you next week.